When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. While kids are going through some big changes heading back to school, so are the teachers. I'm Trudy Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Sally Ladson with DPI shares more on how agriculture teaching numbers are looking for the fall and the license options to help fill those vacancies. Throughout this past year, we've had just over 50 teacher changes, and I like to call it the domino effect. A lot of the teacher changes happen because a teacher in a current school applies for an opening and then they move to that position creating an opening in their district. And so it's like that domino effect where one position opens and it creates a ripple effect with others. But some of those positions have been new positions that were created. We're seeing quite a few schools that are looking for different types of career and technical education teachers and looking for ways to fill some of those roles. And so I know there are a few positions that initially started looking for a tech ed teacher, weren't able to find a tech ed teacher. So the district said, are there ways that we could transition these classes into agriculture classes and hire an agriculture teacher instead? So we're seeing some growth in numbers just in that perspective, not necessarily growing the number of total teachers in the state, but specifically the number of agriculture teachers in the state. And that's just due to the shortage that we're seeing across all of career and technical education in terms of trying to find teachers. Right now, we have nine positions still waiting to have a teacher fill them. A lot of our positions have fortunately been filled through some different types of pathways to licensure. I know we have a lot of experience-based license individuals coming into the classroom this year, which is exciting to know that we're going to be able to keep those positions going and keep those programs thriving through different routes of getting teachers into the room. But even with getting quite a few experience-based license teachers into the classroom, we're still seeing, like I said, those nine openings. So if anyone's interested in becoming an agriculture teacher, they're more than welcome to reach out. I'd love to work with them on finding them a pathway into the classroom. So you kind of already touched on my next question. How does hiring work? People who necessarily haven't graduated with an agriculture education degree are still being hired. So can you explain more about how that's possible? There's a variety of pathways to licensure that we have available to us. And in particular, because we're such a high demand area, those pathways are a little bit broader than some other teaching positions might have. Obviously, there's the traditional licensure where individuals can go to a four-year university to obtain a major in agricultural education, and that's the pretty standard route that we'll see people take. But we've got a variety of other license options, too, some that have become more relevant in the last few years. An emergency license is what a lot of people will call it, where individuals can get a one-year license from a school district as they're obtaining the credentials needed to get that more permanent type of license. And then we also have something called an experience-based license, which is a process where a school district can utilize a point system that looks at both an individual's experience in the industry of agriculture, as well as their knowledge and experience in a classroom type setting. And so individuals who haven't gone a traditional route or maybe aren't doing that emergency type of pathway are able to go through this route with a school district sponsoring them, showcasing their plan of action to ensure that that individual is getting the correct preparation and training that they need to not only understand the science of teaching and the art of teaching, but also what that looks like in an agriculture setting. And so that offers some really cool opportunities for us at DPI in looking at how we can support those teachers and making sure that they have everything that they need along that route, but recognizing too that a lot of what they need for preparation is coming from the school district end, and the school district is really putting together that plan of what's needed to get that individual to the point of being ready to teach. And so when we talk about those experience-based licensure, I would say from 
what I'm seeing so far, that seems to be like a pretty quick growing pathway to licensure. And so when people are taking advantage of that, they're really working with the school district themselves and saying, you know, I really want to teach. I have an interest in this. Let's work together to figure out how I can get the training needed in order to be ready to be a teacher. And for a lot of people that can take on different varieties of types of professional development. Um, Some of the people that we're seeing come back into the classroom, though, are folks that maybe went to school for agricultural education initially, and maybe they changed plans partway through school, or some of them even honestly graduated with an agricultural education degree, but maybe didn't fulfill the requirements to become a licensed teacher. And so now they're finding alternate routes into the classroom through this type of option, where they've got a lot of the background and experience needed, and now they're finding this unique way into a licensure process so that they can have the licensure they need. And fortunately for us, they've got a lot of that background and training already done. And so the school district's training for them looks a little bit different than someone who maybe didn't go to school for agricultural education and maybe was an agricultural business major or whatever you might be thinking of or working in the industry in a different type of career. And so their type of training is going to look a little bit different and probably more classroom focused. It really has a lot of variety depending on the school district and the individual's needs in terms of getting them ready to teach. How are the teachers being prepared to teach Common Core standards? Is that through their relationship with their own schools or is that through your relationship with DPI? So a lot of the training for standards is going to come through a teacher preparation program for teachers going through a traditional route. But then school districts will also work with teachers on what that looks like. We're actually just going through a standards revision process right now with the agriculture standards. And so we did a survey to get some feedback from the field to determine if a revision was needed with the state agriculture standards. And so we're actually going to a committee to decide whether we indeed need to revise standards or if we keep the standards the way they are. And so those are the agriculture specific standards. And that's what I most closely work with when I'm working with individuals. And so, for example, at our fall in services this year, we'll be talking about standards and different ways to incorporate those standards into the classroom. And it's not necessarily a training of this is what we have to do, but I like to think of it as more of a best practice. So hearing from other teachers around the state and what their curriculum looks like and how they implement the standards in different and unique ways. And then from my perspective, being able to showcase what that looks like at a state level and highlighting some of those best practices and also trying to coach folks into ways that they can incorporate the standards into the work that they're doing. Why do you think there is a shortage of agriculture teachers? What do you think is causing it that you're seeing? I think there's a variety of reasons that we're seeing the shortage. Quite frankly, I think education in general is starting to see a shortage. We've known that agricultural education has had a shortage for a long time, but we're starting to see other areas approaching those need levels as well. And I think part of it is just really the time that it takes to put into a classroom and get it to the level that we want it to be. In agricultural education, we talk about the three-component model. And so those three components are the classroom instruction, the typical classroom setting, leadership development through the National FFA organization, and then work-based learning or hands-on learning through their supervised agricultural experiences. And so when we think about that three-component model, in Ag Ed, we are really proud of that model and the strength that it has in enforcing different concepts for students. But we also recognize the amount of time and dedication that that takes on the teacher's end because their work isn't ending at the end of the classroom day or at the end of their grading period or whatever it might be. That work continues on into the weekends, into the summers, things like that. And so we see a lot of time that goes into that. And the level of connection that individuals have with their students can sometimes also bring on an extra level of work and responsibility that people have. And so looking at that, it's, I think, coming down to a 
major decision on individuals' parts of what the work-life balance looks like. And I think as a state agency, I know one of my primary goals is trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates to make their workload a little bit more manageable and easier. But also I know through the state of Wisconsin, we have a really awesome agricultural education group called our Wisconsin Association of Agricultural Educators. And they're doing the same thing of trying to find ways to support teachers and take things off of their plates. And so I think we recognize that It's hard to be a teacher right now. It's really hard to be an agriculture teacher right now. But I know at a department level in particular, we're doing everything that we can to try and make it a little bit easier and finding ways for teachers to have the support that they need in order to ensure that they can be successful as as long as they want to stay in the classroom. How are agriculture education classes looking compared to past years? Do you have any numbers or can you talk about the trends of what you're seeing of students actually taking them or the number of classes being offered? So I can speak a little bit more qualitatively on this. Um, Quantitatively, we're seeing some trends emerge, but the data right now that we're getting is from during the pandemic. And so it's hard to base our trends on that time because classrooms looked so different during the pandemic. And oftentimes, especially with agricultural education, because of it being a non-required class that sometimes looked different for students. And so Our numbers looked a little bit different during that time, and we're starting to just now see what those numbers look like post-pandemic. So I don't have a lot of quantitative data that I can really use as reliable data at this point, just because the pandemic really changed things. But from a qualitative perspective, I'm hearing from a lot of teachers that programs are growing. I mean, we're even seeing some new positions being added. And so we're not just new programs being added, but a second teacher or a third teacher. And so that's telling us that there is a demand for agricultural education. Students are really interested. And what I'm seeing is some of the biggest shifts in what is actually occurring in the classroom is really what that content looks like. And we've been seeing this for quite a while, but a lot of really popular classes right now are things related to farm to table and connecting students to their food supply and the food chain and making sure that students not only are prepared for agricultural careers, but in some cases, we're also preparing students just to be educated consumers. And so I think that we're starting to see a big shift towards educating consumers and making sure that all students are aware of where their food comes from. And from there, students then will go into more technical types of courses related to their interests if an agricultural career is of interest to them. But I think we're starting to see that shift in mindset from it just being students who are interested in agricultural careers to students who are just interested in where their food comes from. That was Sally Ladson with DPI on how agriculture teacher numbers are looking. There are still currently nine vacancies, and she encourages those interested to reach out. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.